0: on everybody it's the full tilt dynasty podcast presented by underdog live on the true north fantasy football network uh this is season one episode two of the full tilt Devi. we have lots to go through this is going to be a tale of two shows okay uh we're going to talk about a strategy and then talk about how one of us didn't follow that strategy even though it's their favorite strategy and it's about quarterbacks so you can take a guess on uh who didn't uh, follow through with that strategy in the, I guess, inaugural full tilt. I guess Thomas Thomas Tibble FF inaugural Devi draft is my first one ever. So we're going to talk about how I completely shot myself in the foot. <gasps> Most likely we've got Huskers up in here. What up? He says, what up, TT? Hey, I'm just here. I'm happy. And behind the mic, I, of course... And your host with the most time in his hands, I am Thomas Tipple, FF. And you can find me over there in the bird app. My fun fact of the day is that last night was the first baseball game I have played in a year. And I am horrendously out of shape. Of course, joining me today is my co-host. That's you. That Andy um, Star, FF, the man, is uh, is is... Not fully <laughs> in vibe with the start check for the show. But you can find over there Andy Star FF. Uh, he also did What's the Spread? Uh, didn't have as much luck last year. Uh, Fade Andy was definitely in full effect. But that's not this. This is something new. And he's going to turn it around here uh, real, real quick. Andy, I guess every show starts off by saying we have a lot to get to. But I guess we do kind of have quite a bit to get to um one thing that really excites me is i go to espn.com right and i look up college football news and the first thing i see is a manning on the front uh page and i'd love to see that uh so obviously he's he's you know people are licking their chops to talk about mr manning already because that kid is talking about nil deals oh my god and we are going to talk about nil deals that's what we're going to lead in with that's how we're kicking off the show. That's a segue right there, by the way. Jordan Addison, the last time we were talking, Andy, Jordan Addison hadn't made up his mind. And first it was USC with the million dollars and a beachfront house. And the man is just getting paid. And then all of a sudden it was the mullet trying to lure him over there to Texas. He picks USC. He officially commits. And then of course, Saban and Jimbo Fisher went toe-to-toe like two old guys who are mad that they don't get to control everything anymore. How are NIL deals affecting your approach to Debbie? Because I have my take, but I want to hear yours first.
1: Uh, yeah, so with the Jordan Addison thing, first of all, I think that that was the best decision for him. I think USC presents a better opportunity to you know put up a better season for one. Texas over there, they were bringing in all sorts of wide receiver guys. They just brought in Ajia Hall from Texas or from Alabama. They have Isaiah Nayor over there, uh, who just came in from Wyoming, who had like a ridiculous wide receiver dominator score last year. And then they obviously already had Xavier Worthy, who is put up one of the you know better freshman seasons we've seen in a a while. So you know, I think he's going to be the wide, the clear-cut wide receiver one over there at. Uh, USC. He plays with Caleb Williams, who we love, and he gets to play under Lincoln Riley, which we love. Uh, so I think it's great for Jordan Addison. But as far as like what this does with NIL and what my take is um, with like with Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, we're going back and forth with last week. Um, I think it's I think it's great for the players uh, that they are able to Get, secure the bag if you want to say that oh yeah get, get paid um i think i was reading addison's gonna be making more money than um who was it like juju smith schuster this year yeah <laughs> just that baby he got like three and a half million dollars or something he's gonna be making more Is that than
0: what like he his, got oh my god
1: i think it was three and a half and he's making more than you know like george pickens guys that are getting drafted this year um granted him. they you know he doesn't, he's one year. Um, he still has to go out there and prove it, which I think he's already secured pretty solid draft capital. Even if he goes and fits the bed, he'll be fine. So, um, yeah, I I think it's going to affect how we view, um, especially with these smaller school guys, they're going to head off to bigger schools. And I think that that's going to elevate them, uh, just in the NFL world, because they're going to be on a bigger stage. They're going to, uh, you know, get more TV time, and that's going to help their draft capital. Um, As far as, you know, the recruiting, like with Saban and Jimbo Fisher, I don't know what the ramifications of that are going to be. Uh, I know a lot of teams have already been over-recruiting, especially positions like quarterback. Ohio State's been real bad at over-recruiting, I feel like. Um, I, don't, I say bad, I don't know if it's a bad, it's a good problem to have, you know, they're always recruiting, you know, top tier wide receivers, they've gotten basically the best QB in the in the uh, recruit pool the last two to three seasons. Uh, and then they obviously just lost Quinn Ewers to the transfer portal. Um, and I'm sure there, there was NIL money behind some of that. And obviously, Quinn wanting to just go home and start now because he didn't want to be behind CJ Stroud another year. So uh, the combination of NIL and this, you know, the trans reporter rules being how they are, where you can just up and leave and end up at a school tomorrow and start to still play, it's gonna make things interesting. You know, there's gonna be a lot more movement in the years to come.
0: Especially with how it pertains to Devi and why I think this is absolutely awesome and killer and adds an extra level to the game. It's like free agency. It's like you think you have this player. In your on your NFL squad, we just talked about this off air for stacks and things like that, and how we'll talk about that a little bit later when it comes to our draft. But people thought they had the Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers stack. People thought they had the Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes stack for a while. And now all of a sudden, that player is up and gone, and the dynamic of your team completely changes. People who have drafted Addison early, right when when he was available to be drafted, thought. This is was going to be a situation. Maybe he's a good player. Okay, well then he goes out, wins the Blitnikoff. then he has a great season with uh, uh, Baby Hands uh, as his QB. Now he transferred to the best situation possible. Now Addison might have a chance to move up those ranks with Booty and with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba into that that one, two, three tier if he goes and balls out at USC, which. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the quarterback still Slovis. So, Stieges, no, no, no. It's not anymore. It's not. Oh, thank God! I hadn't checked Slovis, that yet.
1: It's kind of interesting because Slovis went to Pitt, and then he oh, goes to right. USC. I did so forget Caleb, that. Yeah, Caleb Williams is uh, the Oklahoma transfer, so he's right. playing with Caleb Williams, who's you know he's a top five Debbie pick right now. So he's going to be. He's got a exactly. better quarterback. So, he's got a better
0: coach. So he goes from a Blitnikoff winner on Pitt which is great fantastic for him and now he can do better now he's going to push like i said for that potential wide receiver one in the class and i I don't think that's a stretch to say if he goes out and balls out again with a second team and i i personally love it and my favorite part about this whole drama is bama poached uh eli holstein from uh jimbo fisher They poached him. Uh, He decommitted and now (laughs) he commits to Alabama. So Bama is now out poaching Jimbo's uh, players. And I absolutely love to see that. It's uh, I think, again, it adds a little more entertainment value. It adds a little bit more depth and it just kind of means anything can happen. Running back transfers. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? guy gets the running ba- the backfield to himself right in his junior year we think he's gonna get the backfield to himself all of a sudden you get some like amazing sophomore transfers because of an Nil deal to come and completely bowl over your uh should be workhorse running back out of nowhere that's it's amazing I think I think it's great uh, I it's great for the players because you obviously want to see the players actually make some money, and it doesn't have to be by insuring their legs, right? Like, that's such a sad thing to hear yeah. that players have to do is insure their legs in case, the you know, a bowl game happens and you can't play anymore. Brutal. Um I, I love it. I love the whole thing. I just, it's a little harder for maybe for people like me, right? Because I'm not a Devi traditionalist. I'm not a Devi purist. I'm a Devi noob. And that's why I created this program. So everyone can see that I'm a Devi noob and that I am going to learn along with other people who are not as experienced. I'm very honest about this have been since day one. Now I have to work that much harder to bloody well, keep track of what is happening. And I love it. I am absolutely loving it before we move on here. Any last words on the NILs before we take a little break play a clip from our last episode of the show and uh, move on.
1: Well, I just, I would just want to say, I think you bring up a good point because we've seen it with Alabama. And by the way, that press conference that Saban did was basically a dog whistle to all those Alabama boosters to say, Hey, bring some money in here. We need to get some of these guys. And it obviously worked. Exactly. Um, but uh, I think you bring up a good point because, you know, it used to be, you just draft the Alabama freshmen because you know that they're going to get that opportunity in two, one or two years. And now you're seeing Saban bring in uh, Jameer Gibbs as his running back. Uh, he's bringing in um, the the Georgia wide receiver, who's uh, Jermaine Burton. He's bringing in the Louisville wide receiver, Tyler Harrell. Uh, these guys, he's just bringing them in through the transfer portal and probably with some nil deals behind it. And it's just you know, it kind of makes you wonder. You know, is it worth it to reach on these freshman wide receivers at Alabama like it used to be?
0: Yeah, it's it's dangerous out there, but yet it's that those positions are still not as volatile as the quarterbacks, which we're gonna get into next. Look, we were gonna have Alfred on last week, but it turns out that setting a podcast day up for the same day as your wife's birthday is not the best idea. So those plans got moved, and no, I'm not a dick. I didn't just forget. It just the plans got moved up a day. Uh, with the fam jam, so we couldn't get it done. But I'm not a dick. I didn't forget. Just didn't work out for the planning and scheduling. Again, she's very, very good about all that stuff. So no Alfred today. We're going to reschedule. We're going to get it done. He was very excited to come on again. But here's a clip from Cash Considerations, uh, the from, I guess, the first episode of Cash Considerations with Jacob and I, where we absolutely got snapped on our Dallas Cowboys uh, stack. It was brutal. Here you go.
2: And, and also like I would rather just get those different textures when Son on that like, odd shit. occasion. Wow. Who's who is Ned Seris? Oh. does he is he aware that Cooper doesn't even play for the Cowboys anymore?
0: Oh uh, wow, bro. Okay, All well, what right. are we gonna um, do here? Um shit. Look, you live best ball and you die best ball. Jacob and I had a very clear strategy. We drafted CeeDee Lamb in the second. We were going to go with Dak and Schultz at the 5-6 turn right right before their ADP. And dude absolutely sniped us there. And it wasn't the only time he sniped us in that draft when we were counting a stack. We recovered. We did regroup because, you know, we're we're absolute legends. We regrouped. We're going to go with a Trevor Lawrence stack. Later in the draft, that same guy drafted Trevor Lawrence completely naked, no stack, just before us. I swear he was watching, he got in our draft, and he went in and sniped us. Anyway, (laughs) speaking of best ball, the best place to play best ball is right there in the middle of your screen if you are watching this. And if you are listening to this, I am telling you, go to underdogfantasy.com. Not only is Best Ball Mania 3 running rampant in the in the Best Ball Streets, they just released the 2022 Puppy, and you're going to want to do that. The Puppy is now live. $5 entries, 500 k in prizes, $75,000 to first place, and there is an advantage to drafting early. Hell, the winner of Best Ball Mania 3 drafted in June there last season. There is a benefit to drafting early. And luckily for you, if you haven't played before, you're watching this, you're listening. You're like, I haven't done it. I, I don't know if I should, you should, and you should sign up with promo code full tilt. Cause they will deposit match you to up to, up to a hundred dollars. That is not a little bit. That is four <laughs> free entries in the best ball of mania three. And that is 20 free entries in the puppy draft. We have you covered for your best ball this year. And if you're not, yeah, I don't know about best ball, man. You can play pick them and it helps you get into your game. If you are watching a college football game and you want to see, you, you know, Nebraska over 200 yards, you hit pick them bang. No problem. You want to see if Peyton Manning's is going to so- score three and a half touchdowns. Well, you can pick them. It's great. It's fantastic. It adds the extra layer to your sports watching experience. Go to underdogfantasy.com or go to the app store, download the app, use promo code full tilt, get your deposit match up to $100 and help increase the joy of watching your favorite sports and increase the size of the bank account. And you can even watch Cash Considerations with Jacob and I and uh, we'll guide you through it if you need a little bit of extra help. Andy? Yeah. Let's do this. Um, volatility in Devi is a real thing, and it is real terrifying. It is a scary situation, but just like in Superflex, it in your regular fantasy football drafts, just like in Superflex, it is so important to manage your quarterback room appropriately, or you are going to be left behind what is it with quarterbacks in college that makes it the most volatile position in fantasy sports?
1: Uh, I don't have the answer to that. I wish I did. If I did, I'd probably be a better <laughs> drafter. Um, I talked last week about Sam Howell screwing me over big time this year and a couple of Debbie leagues, but yeah, I mean, just so, I mean you don't have to look back too far. Let's just go back to 2021. Um, you know, that you look at the first round of Debbie drafts. You had Sam Howell, DJ Weungalele, you had Spencer Rattler, and you had Bryce Young. And that was about it for the first round Debbie picks. So Sam Howell and he ends up being a fifth round draft pick. DJ Yu, who had his first full season as a starter, posts a QBR of 43.2. Goes Not from great. basically no, it <laughs> goes from basically a top three Debbie pick to now his ADP is 118. Um, that was a couple weeks ago. It might be lower now. Um, and then Spencer Rattler obviously got benched for Caleb Williams. His yards yes. per attempt dropped from 9.56 to 7.93. And he also went from a top three to five Debbie pick. Now his ADP is at 60. He might be able to recover. We'll see, but obviously it's not what you want to see. Um, Bryce Young, obviously he won. he wins a Heisman. He had an amazing first season as a starter. So that's one where you could say, okay, well, it, you know, the the bang was worth the buck as ADP rose to two and he's doing all right. Um, but again, second and third round picks for Debbie last year, you had guys like Keaton Slovis and Carson Strong who went undrafted. Jaden Daniels from Arizona state ended up having to transfer to LSU. He might not even be a starter this year. JT Daniels for Georgia lost, he got injured and then Stetson Bennett obviously became the starter for Georgia. Now JT Daniels had to transfer to West Virginia. So these guys aren't, you know, they're not holding their value. Um, it's not, you know, Keaton Slovis, he's second round pick easy last year. I don't, you know, now he's, his ADP is outside of the top 100, probably outside the two outside the top 200 in in uh Debbie rankings. Um, so yeah, quarterback is just a, a, an interesting position and it's just hard to hard to figure out, you know, who's going to hit, you know, I don't know what the secret formula is. I wish I did, but I don't.
0: Well, with, when you're talking about regular fantasy football and one of the biggest differences, right. When you're talking about regular fantasy football, just you have a Baker Mayfield who comes out and he has a great start to his year. Then he has a bad year. And then he kind of recovers a little bit. You get to sit on that player for like four years. Right. Sam Darnold got starting value for three years, even going into this, I guess, four years going into this year. He's still going to be the starter unless Corral actually beats him out, which I don't see happening. And you don't get that in college now. I think right at this point where we are in college football, gone are the days where a team is going to stick with their guy for two years until he moves on. Or maybe he's there the full four. Gone are those days where you can be bad for two years in college, because like you said, teams are over um, recruiting at positions like quarterback. If you are not the guy, you are gone (laughs) and they will bring somebody else in. We see it mid game guys come in and then boom, their job is gone. And all of a sudden their stock absolutely plummets. The difference is now they can actually transfer, still play and semi save their, I guess, draft stock or career stock, whatever you you want to call it, however you want to put the verbiage. But I think that's a big thing now. and I think that's one of the reasons why that position is so volatile. If a quarterback that's supposed to be great goes out and completely shits the bed, like Rattler did in his situation, years past, he would have just gone back in the next week and he would have been the guy, no matter how well the backup did, he's still the younger guy. We want the experience. We want the leadership. He's the first guy in, the last guy. All that shit mattered a little bit more even just a few years ago. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now you now, it's who's, who's going to be the guy to get me there? Who's that next guy? And some of that, I think, is partly in the game changing altogether with quarterbacks being a little bit more mobile, right? Being able to do a little bit more things, even as a backup and just coming into a game. I think that's the, the college football game has expanded a little and it's given the backups, this number two guys, a little bit more, uh, I guess, as an, e- of an edge coming in and playing right away. And I think we're going to see that more and more. And that's, in my opinion, definitely uh, one of the reasons that it is the most volatile position, like you said. And, and, it it goes to show, too, where guys are still being drafted really high, right? So Stroud, obviously, still drafted really high. Like you said, Williams still drafted really high. The mullet himself, Quinn Ewers, still drafted really high by me, mind you. Uh, I did draft him in our Debbie startup. I was not walking away without having the mullet. Mullet for 2024, QB1, in my opinion. You don't like it. That's okay, too. Um, but the next point we're going to hit here, and I think it's it's just as important – because there is a conversation in fantasy football all the time about insulated value at the positions and wide receiver seems to be the only one that sticks because in our notes here, you have wide receiver and running back being two positions that have insulated value. And I guess in a sense, running backs do as well. If they get the draft capital and blah, 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 blah and then draft capital and landing spot and athletic scores and whatever, Devy, it's not as important right at this state. So there is a little bit of insulated value here for running back just absolutely goes off. So why don't you walk us through the insulated value with wide receivers and running back. And let's talk about, um, first and fourth round RBRBs as well. Why don't you kick it off?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll just start with the wide receivers. So you're looking at like, let's go back to 2021 again, uh, you got wide receivers. Yeah. Kayshawn Boutte, Traylon Burks, David Bell, George Pickens, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Raheem Jarrett, Jermaine Burton, Quentin Johnston, Drake London, JSN, and Addison. Now, all those guys, I think you could consider, you know, if you want to call someone, some of them a miss, I think you'd, you'd, you'd look at like Raheem Jarrett. Um, Eric maybe, Gray. well, yeah, for like the running backs for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, right. But, yeah, so those guys did, uh, you know, they, they maintained their value. Um, the Marvin Mims is another guy who you could say maybe lost a little bit of Debbie value, but both him and Jared are still top Debbie, top 50 Debbie picks. So, you know, they're still holding value for you. And then running backs, yeah, I think there was, uh, I, I listed a few of them. Uh, but
0: God, Eric Gray hurt me so much.
1: Yeah, Eric Gray's in there. Kyron Williams is a guy that, you know, was kind of a miss. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, you know, jury's still out, I guess, but the athletic testing wasn't there. Jace McClellan no, looks the jury like he is, just the
0: jury's out. out. The jury is out, and he was the fourth-round pick drafted to be the bruiser backup yeah. in Los Angeles, which is one of the worst roles in fantasy football. So the jury is out uh, yeah. on Spiller. Sorry, folks.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, he was definitely overdrafted because he was a guy that was going – you know, top six picks last year, tops top six or eight. Um, Jace McClellan's another guy at Alabama who just you know can't seem to get, see the field. They just keep burying him behind. You know, he lost he lost the job to Brian Robinson. Well, he was hurt last year, but Brian Robinson obviously got the majority of the carries, and then uh, this year they bring in Jameer Gibbs, so he's probably not going to see much of the field again this year. And then Chip Trayanum is another guy that was a big miss with the running back. But overall, you know, you've got about half of the running backs in the first four rounds are at least maintaining their value and like i said basically every wide receiver that you draft in the first three to four rounds is maintaining that value for you or or if and if they are losing value it's not a lot of value so those are definitely the safer picks um and that's kind of you know how I approach I'm trying to approach my Debbie drafts, but obviously you see these quarterbacks and you want to, especially if your team's, you know, lacking in the quarterback department, you want to, you got to take those gambles from time to time and hope you get a, uh, a Caleb Williams or Quinny whereas who, you know, who knows? They, those might be misses two years from now too. So we'll see.
0: If the big Q blows it in Texas, I'm going to cry many tears uh, because I feel like when your Debbie picks miss, uh, I think it hurts a little bit more. I think it cuts just a different way. And let's see. You have Tank uh, Bigsby on here as well. And for a guy with insulated value, that man's value has dropped. Even though he had his numbers aren't bad for last year, he's still falling down boards. Yeah. I think he was still a deep second-round pick in our, mm-hmm. I guess we can call it the League of Record Devi startup draft. Uh, He still slipped and going into that, I viewed tank as a top five, top four running back in the Debbie draft. And it just did not. Apparently that's not the case. So values do go up and down and it is kind of in the same way as regular fantasy football drafts where the new rookies come in
2: Hmm.
0: and the new rookies come in and all of a sudden all of the ranks change guys that you think would be in the top 25 fall. I don't think college is any different because the just hammer freshman mentality definitely exists in C2C drafts, especially. And then with uh, Devi as well, just draft the freshman. It's kind of like our uh, just draft a receiver. So it definitely matters uh, in your strategy. Let's go with the next bit. Let's, let's dig into some 2022 data and see if we can't, uh, get in with this 12 qbs go in the first 50 picks of Devi drafts this is what you have as our data now yes my question to you is of these picks which ones are the ones that you would actually take in these spots
1: yes so let me just list them off here you got bryce young's uh alabama cj stroud caleb williams quinn ewers jackson dart drew aller well Devin Brown, Anthony Richardson, Tyler Buchner, and Tyler Van Dyke. Um, so yeah, like which ones am I gonna take? So which ones do I let me just start off by saying like so looking at last year, we saw basically 75% of these guys taken in the first three to four rounds lose value. So, you know, you're looking at let's probably three at least to just be complete misses. Um, And then, you know, you could probably look at three to four that are probably going to maintain their value or be hits. And for me, um, and this was somebody uh, over at Campus to Canton, Chris Moxley, who kind of posited this theory uh, initially. Um, It's the freshmen. It's the freshmen that maintain that first year value. And a lot of the reason for that is, is because they don't even see the field. Uh, so, you know, know, there's not expectation yet. Uh, so guys like Drew Aller and Devin Brown and Quinn Ewers, I would bunch in with that. Uh, he's not technically a freshman, but, um, you know, he was initially in that class and then obviously, uh, reclassified as a, as a freshman last year. Um, but Drew Aller is probably a guy who's going to sit behind Sean Clifford at Penn state for at least a few games. Um, and yeah, his, Like I said, his value is going to intrinsically go up just based on him being a year closer to playing in twenty twenty three. Now, if Sean Clifford sucks and Allard gets put in, (laughs) I don't think that's going to hurt him either. He just needs to be not terrible. You know, like guys like Jackson Dark got put in last year. They they played all right. He wasn't great, but he's obviously still getting drafted as a as a top as a you know top twenty Debbie pick right now. His name Uh, is amazing. (laughs) It is. Uh but Devin Brown at Ohio State's the same story. He's gonna sit behind CJ Stroud this year, barring an injury. He's definitely not gonna play. So he's just gonna be a year closer to starting next year. So his value can only go up. And right. Quinn Ewers Quinn Ewers, he will play this year. At least we think he will. There's there's some I think it's just uh you know clickbait at this point that Hudson Card and him are in a QB competition. But he's in such a high-powered offense. I feel like he's the numbers are gonna be there. And if he sucks, then you know we'll find out. But
0: I'm gonna be so you know, sad.
1: I don't think he will. He's he's the best QB prospect recruit in the history of recruiting services. So you know you got to take that for what it's worth, I guess. And you know well, until Manning these, comes around. No, he's. I mean, he's better than Manning as as far as really? recruiting services are, are concerned. Yeah.
0: Oof, so I we'll see. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's he's got the tools there. He's got Bijan who he can rely on. He's got Xavier Worthy. And then those guys like I talked about, Isaiah Eor, um Jatavian Sanders. Uh so there's there's people there that that can help him. So even you know, he doesn't have to be great, but I think he will be great.
0: As we're moving closer to college football kickoff, um oh my gosh, I think that's next month even, if I'm not mistaken. Um May. Oh no, it's a couple months away. We're a couple months away. I think yeah. it's uh, August, so we're a couple months right. away. As we get closer, we are going to kind of isolate a couple of teams and what we're looking for uh, that is definitely in the plan. Uh, look forward to that. Texas is going to be one of them because, like you just mentioned, lots of different ways it can it can go. Um, look, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we are going to do a shot from deep. We're going to talk about the player with the uh, in the 23 class. We're going to go through that. And we are going to finish off with some fan cues. And don't forget, we are still going to discuss our League of Record draft. Because our last show, it had kind of started. And now it is over. And it's time to do some very important reflection. And uh, running back roasting. Because there's a couple things that I can't let slide. And we're going to talk about it.
2: I don't really care about the first six weeks that much in a tournament where it really comes down to what you do in week 15 through 17, right? Like that's where the million dollars is won. So if you were to tell me, like, to me, I kind of like, I'll certainly I'll take the first six weeks where I expect Hollywood to be the clear lead receiver. I, I mean, Hopkins is also old. Like, I don't think it's inconceivable that Hollywood just out targets Hopkins even when Hopkins comes back. But I, I just, I don't know if, if Marquise Brown would be, in this early round four conversation if Hopkins wasn't suspended.
0: Yeah. The post NFL draft, I guess Marquise Brown trade that sent his ADP into the stratosphere has definitely worked its way back down, especially in the best ball streets. So I was a little bit on uh, Jacob's stance on Marquise Brown. Before we go shooting from deep, let's talk about our league of record draft here, uh, Andy, because like we said, the quarterbacks are volatile. And one of the things that I had been discussing at great length is why, because look, in a Debbie draft, you obviously have two sides for the most part. You have your NFL and then you have your college side, right? And it is important to kind of somewhat plan your NFL team. For the future, knowing with what you should have, hopefully have, coming down the pipeline from your Devi team. Very important. It's just your taxi squad, right? That's really all it is. And you should draft as such. Well, conveniently, what did I say? 15 quarterbacks went in the first three rounds. And any avid listener of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast knows you cannot make me reach for a Kirk Cousins in the sixth or seventh round, just because 15 quarterbacks have gone already. You will not scare me. I will not be shooketh. So, obviously, Andy and I had two different strategies, but with the same thing in mind, which I kind of think is a little bit hilarious. Uh, We were both thinking that in your NFL drafts for your Debbie drafts, you should be looking at accumulating elite quarterback talent young elite quarterback talent now some people would say that's not that different from a regular super flex draft not true because i can tell you how many teams i have jameis winston sitting there as my qb2 and superflex because he was free late in drafts all last year all this year and i'm comfortable with that i am not a coward uh you shouldn't be either draft the receiver for christ's sake But let's talk about our two drafts. You drafted from the 102 slot. You obviously stacked up the quarterbacks. You obviously drafted Patrick Mahomes at 102. Of course you did. Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert is my QB one in dynasty right now, but I really can't go wrong with the top three. The top three is pretty much the same. It's Allen, it's Mahomes, it's Herbert. You live and you die with what you pick here. But then you traded up and you ended up grabbing Matt Stafford at the 3-2, which is too high, sir. Too high, and you got yourself some Mac Daddy Jones at the 6-2. So you have three quarterbacks. You are set for a while. This is kind of what you should have been doing. However, let's talk about the rest of it. Now, keep this in mind, Andy. Read off who you drafted for Devi, because it is going to help set up this next part big time.
1: So... I basically did exactly what I told everybody I was gonna do here. So I took Nick Singleton in the first round. Uh then I turned around to grab Jordan Addison in the second round.
0: Can't and then from you there I just, the round.
1: I know I got and that was before he decided on where he was going, but that was an easy pick for me. Um uh, I kind of had an idea of what I want to do. I was gonna grab Singleton and then I think there was Xavier Worthy, Addison, and I wanted one of those two, and I knew that the guy, because I was right before the turn, I didn't think he would go receiver receiver, so I was just going to take whichever one he didn't take. Thankfully, it was Addison. Um, and then I grabbed a bunch of freshmen after that. I got Luther Burden, uh, the the wide receiver freshman at uh, Missouri, and then I also got uh, Devin Brown and Cade Klubnik, the freshman quarterbacks from Ohio State and Clemson, respectively.
0: Yeah, so you definitely stacked your running back and receiver room because your receiver room should look real nice over the next couple of years. When you have a couple of guys aging out here, I just want to point out, though, you drafted yeah. David Montgomery in the fifth round. I don't even care that it was the late fifth round. You are a part of the full tilt brand, okay? You have to wrap the full tilt brand in all of your drafts Montgomery in the late fifth is so awful tilt brand a 25 year old plotter on the last year of his contract on a shitty offense with a new regime I'm disappointed
1: I think I hey, this is the full tilt podcast right so I was tilting a little bit because I was in the end of the fifth round I didn't have my RB1 yet so I got scared I grabbed Montgomery I know the situation might not be the best but Hey, he's put up. Everyone's hey for the last two, three years saying hey, he's not going to be an RB one, but he keeps end up ending up putting up stats. So uh we'll see how it goes. You know, it's not a great offense, but it might work out for me.
0: It might- <laughs> You're just hoping the QBs and receivers uh, carry you. You obviously went Hunter Henry as your tight end one. I don't like that, but that's yeah. okay. You got Robert Tunyon coming back. You got. Hate crime Higby, you got late, which, you know, you got to like that uh, when it's that late. Anyway, he's good for a couple of games if you guess the right ones. I, for myself, again, yeeted quarterback because I don't know any better. I can't stop myself. It's just how I am as a person. We're not all perfect, but this is how it goes. Obviously, with my Debbie draft, I went um, a little bit more just on what I felt was just plain old good value. I went Quinn Ewers. I went Will Shipley. I like Will Shipley. I like him a lot. I think he is poised for a big year. That's a run, That's running back uh, Will Shipley. Clemson, I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he fits the classic Clemson mold. Uh, Spiller and ETN, he fits that mold. Obviously love that for fantasy. Keep catching those passes. Um, oh my God, we got IG Hall, which I didn't know that he was like the Antonio Brown of college football. Uh, I didn't know that. (laughs) I just looked up how good of a player he was. And everywhere I saw said that he was a good player and a good prospect did not look into the off field stuff. That (laughs) might be my, uh, my first heat Debbie pick uh, (laughs) already. And I got, we talked about before Uh, we talked about uh, Raheem Jarrett. We talked about him, picked him up and then uh, Jojo. I don't know how to say the last name Earl. I'm going to say Earl, Earl. Jojo Earl. So I definitely have the receivers and running backs, and I secured a future quarterback. I'm okay with this. Mm. I'm okay with just I took best player available on my board for what I knew, which wasn't a whole lot, I'll be honest. And my NFL draft, I mean, hey, it's one of my favorites. Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Garrett Wilson. That is a fire five-round start. You must have cojones to start a draft that way, because I will admit I was tilting. I actually hit the wrong guy on my list. I actually picked Garrett, uh, Derek Carr in the fifth. And I was like, guys, fat fingers. Can we fix a pick my mistake, whatever. And everyone was super cool about it. I ended up getting Garrett Wilson. The best part about that is that I still got to draft Derek Carr in the sixth round where I love him, mind you. And he's got the age. He's got the contract. I'll have him for a couple of years. I'm not as panicky. Schultz at the 7-7. Seven, seven. Love that pick in a premium. Schultz is a fantastic player. Tom Brady, 8-6. That's free money. Mike Williams, DeAndre Hopkins. My first running back comes off the board with Kareem Hunt. So Shipley, I need you. I need you badly. I need you to ball out. And that's part of it. That's what I love about it. As we were drafting this, I was thinking I need to run him. And then I the Debbie draft popped up. And I got my running back. And now I am all in on him. I got to ride the hype train. Love him as a player. Now I got to hope for him. And if he fails, you're panicking. That's what I love about this. That's what I love about this format. Um, yeah. It's it's like a minor league system for baseball. It's just fantastic. It it adds that depth, and I definitely love that. Now, that being said, I did draft Corral, and I did draft Howell in the 12th and 13th because maybe they get starting jobs That makes them a little bit valuable in Superflex. You got to roll with that. And obviously Singletary, the real RB1 in Chicago, Herbert uh, in the 15th round. And then it's just a bunch of Robert Woods and Chenault and Dobbs and McKissick and Calvin Austins and a bunch of randos. But that's, you know, that's how it's going to go. Look, the legal record is going to be a great time in the Debbie Square. And we both kind of had the same knowledge of strategy and went two completely different ways. And I love that. I kind of wish Alfred was here to absolutely roast us. No lie, I was in Alfred's DMs. That's AlfredJF on Twitter of C2C.com. I was in his DMs asking him about which pick to take in the Devy draft. I was getting a little bit of insight, had to, you know, prone for some knowledge. I went against what he said. he said. I was going to say it way he, he he said to draft booty and i drafted ewers in in round one so i mean i may reach out for advice but i'm not always gonna listen i got my own and right i'm an individual um
1: there's, i was gonna say there's no way that alfred told you to draft a gia hall
0: <laughs> no at that point i didn't want to harass him for every for everyone but <laughs> i think that uh i just i don't know what i was thinking there i i i, I yeah that was a it rough one out. It, I'm praying that he just gets his head on straight, gets on the field and balls out. I don't think the NFL is going to really look at him anyway uh, because of the off-field stuff. But who knows? George Pickens still got drafted really freaking high considering you know he's an absolute lunatic on the field. Uh, so look, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to take a shot from deep and we're going to wrap up. We're going to get you on with the rest of your Thursday. Sit tight and enjoy. This is a clip to further make my spiller argument. This is our show with Noah Hills of Player Profiler.
2: The big back role in LA sucks. It's a yes. bad role. <laughs> like like you're you're spinning a, a a die hoping for a touchdown so you can get nine fantasy points. Otherwise it's terrible. It I agree. Me. This is like my I, I hate this like anyway.
0: I agree. That's why I wanted to point it out though, because the some things that we were saying used to prop up Damian Pierce, we use to uh kind of slight spiller. So I just thought that was that was very interesting to me jacob agrees the big back roll on the chargers is booty cheeks spiller destined to be the next larry round tree andy you have down here shoot a shot from deep take your deep shot before we get out of here
1: yeah so I wanted to do look at a guy outside of the top ADP 100 and see, you know, if it's somebody who you can project as a first or maybe second round dynasty rookie draft pick in 2021. Uh, and I tweeted about this uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Um, it's a guy that when I was on a quest to search for the next Debo Samuel, which I fell down a rabbit hole because of Josh Larkey, who was talking about Wandale Robinson being the next. Uh, Debo Samuel, which I don't agree with. But besides the point, uh, I ended up doing uh, a little bit of a deep dive into the college ranks and I landed on Dante Demas, who's going to be a fifth year senior at.
0: Don't like that. uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, me neither. But right
0: right there. That's Christian Wax's territory right there.
1: This is the next uh, Debo Samuel, who is also a fifth year senior. So it it checks out. Um, But basically, what we're looking for in that prototypical type of player would be a guy who combines size and speed. Uh, so Dante Demas is 6'3", 217 pounds. Right now his Debbie ADP is 124. He only played in five games in 2021. He finished with 28 receptions for 507 yards and three touchdowns, the yards per team pass attempt in that stretch of 2.69. Um. So he – he lines up primarily as an X receiver, meaning, you know, out wide he lines up 97% of his snaps uh, on the outside and he he's a yak machine, which is, you know, what was the, what stuck out on Debo Samuel's profile. He has 9.9 yards after catch per reception with an a dot of only nine yards. So, you know, you can do the math there. And more than half of his yards are coming after the catch which isn't typical of what you see on, you know, guys lining up out wide. Those guys are typically the, you know, the run and the go routes. Uh, But that's not the case for him. Um, And he's also got a prolific ability to force missed tackles. He forced a missed tackle on 25% of his receptions on average. Um, And the other thing that obviously sets him apart was what I talked about earlier, size and speed. Um, One of the other guys at Campus DeCanton, big wide receiver guy, I believe his name is David. Uh, he has him clocked. He had Demis clocked at twenty one point five miles per hour, uh, which is they've been working on it over there, which is pretty predictive of a of a sub four five speed. Uh, so this guy's pushing two hundred and twenty pounds and he's running a sub four five. Okay. Uh, so not that's pretty good. Um, I, he did get hurt last year, obviously, he only played those five games, so it looked it was a lower leg injury. It, it kind of looked pretty brutal. Uh, so you know, that sort of rehab is in the air. Um, but the last thing I'll just talk about is, is draft capital, which is, you know, what we're worried about in the dynasty space is, you know, can he get picked in those first two days? Now I'm not much of like a draft Nick or anything. Uh, I do follow and, you know, listen to people who know more than I do. Uh, two, four, seven sports for one has Demas as a potential top 20 prospect, uh, sports really illustrated, put out a mock draft on May 16th and a Demas going 16th overall. Yeah, 16th overall. Shut up. uh, Seriously? uh, There's a YouTuber I like, Bengal, who – I'm telling you, they said – listen, I I just go by what what the people who know more than me are telling me. Uh, So these are the guys that are, like, following the NFL draft and, you know, know more about it than I do. Uh, But there's another guy on YouTube, Bengal. I don't know if anybody watches him. I watch a lot of his stuff. He does, like, some Madden playthroughs and whatnot. But he also does a lot of NFL draft stuff. Uh, He also projected him as a first-round pick. Uh, So it's obviously early lock is will change. Um, But he's a guy, you know, at a Debbie price of 124, especially in, in campus to Canton leagues too. I'd be willing to pay up at that price, maybe even a little higher for a guy that could potentially be a first round pick.
0: I can't believe that a fifth-year senior is being projected at 60. But, hey, it's early. It's obviously way too early mock drafts, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of things are going to change. But it's interesting that he's a player to take note of, and everybody, I feel like, should be doing it because I just learned something. Apparently, you can be hype about a 50 year senior. Didn't know that. Yeah. That, that definitely goes I, against everything. And, hey, again, Christian Watson, who went to NDSU, was traded up for early in the second round, and that man has been playing football forever. Since I was, he he was, he's been playing, was playing at NDSU while I was in my late 20s. All right. That's, it's an actual fact. uh, And that's not great when it comes to prospect profiling. I believe um, Vilas Jones is playing during the last year of the Obama administration, which is also usually not great. But like you said, sometimes you just got to listen to the people that, you know, maybe do this a little bit more than we do. So very interesting things. I can't wait to talk absolute nonstop shit, uh, on this podcast about the league of record. Cause once again, you had better not let me beat you, uh, because (laughs) it's, it's look, I took a lot of shit. So anyone that doesn't know, I met Andy completely at random joining a league of theirs, uh, and I took a lot of shit. There's a lot of trash talk uh, when that league started. I did not draft very well. Sam Darnold was my QB, too. Still a situation I'm trying to dig through. Uh, but we're going to pull ourselves out, finish. I went from, what, last or second last to second overall in the league in one year's time. So I'm telling you, for all the crap I took in that league, I'm putting it into this Devy League cannot wait we're officially off and running at the full tilt Devi podcast and i believe we are going to move to bi-weekly so our next episode will be two weeks from now until college football season kicks off that way it gives us just a little bit more time get a little bit more data it allows me to get my schedule a little bit more under control between now and then that way we can run a crisp operation here and um put out the best product possible for the people, which is really what we strive to do with full tilt. Andy final word before we get on out of here. Uh,
1: I don't know. I will tell you that league that we met in. It was, I don't know how you get, how you knew those guys. It was like my, my brother's work buddies in Florida. I think it was me and my brother in the, in the championship that year one. Now we, we both suck. So <laughs> it's interesting how things can change in one year.
0: So, I actually got into that league because of, I think, I want to say I got into that league through the Fantasy Footballers Forum. And I really? randomly replied to a message, got in, met DeBaradox. Shout out Dabs, who's a fan of the <laughs> show now. Met him. Him and I uh, chatted the most during the draft process. And uh, I stuck around the league like it was, it's been great. Look, my final thoughts, they're always the same. And it's it's still very important every single day. We're not a political show. We're not going to sit here and we don't talk about the news. We don't talk about the politics. We don't talk about, you know, anything but pop culture references and, and sports here on this show. But this week is just yet another reminder, as it is always important, to be kind to one another on the internet. Do not be a giant piece of shit. Check in on your loved ones at all times, even if you don't think they need it. Do it anyway, because we're all lucky, absolutely every single day, to be around. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose. And your best days, they're spent tilting. Stay safe, everybody. Truly.